Hey there, this is John, and I want to take a quick minute to let you guys know about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You don't even have to do anything. Your podcast will be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more listening platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the show. You are now entering Armbar Audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Armbar Audio. I'm your host, Tim Farley, and next to me is my trusted companion, John Kearns. What's up, everybody? Today, is fans bring the topics three. And that means you, the listener slash viewer, have given us topics or questions for us to address about our personal th- thoughts on the world of pro wrestling. And maybe even some other subjects. Maybe. Now, let's get to it. Wrestling journalist uh, and very, very uh, good uh, internet wrestling. Uh, I would say influencer for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I I would say God of New Japan Pro Wrestling history. Sierra contacted <laughs> us via Instagram and asked us what's your favorite year of a wrestler now I took this as my favorite year of my favorite wrestler so do you mind if I answer first not at all I will go from April 6th 2000 and 13 to April 6th 2014 for one Daniel Bryan yeah um the entire year leading to him beating triple h and then randy orton and batista at mania was fantastically written and drawn out the yes movement happening around the same time as well maybe not the same time but mirroring the occupy movement um Daniel Bryan being regarded as the B-plus player, even though he was shining throughout. He was in gauntlet matches against the Real Americans and everybody else. He was feuding with Randy Orton a lot. He put on really good matches. And it really, as a fan, there there was a feeling that even though it was a work, and it was to get Daniel Bryan as over as humanly possible to till WrestleMania. There was a feeling that they felt that way. And you could definitely understand why someone would feel like see that because he's not what the McMahons have always pushed to the top. There are always exceptions, you know, like right. 
a person who can't be named and Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. But uh, at the time, aside from CM Punk, he was, and the, the guys that I named, he was the only guy who at the time was could have been in that role. And uh, it was really hard for me to pick this year because Daniel Bryan slash Bryan Danielson has had many great years. You could pick the year that he feuded with Nigel McGuinness or Kenta in, in Ring of Honor where he unified the the Ring of Honor world and pure titles against Nigel McGuinness. I mean, you could talk about the man's entire career, career really. Right. But I think the pinnacle storytelling, uh, especially, um, was ended at WrestleMania 30. Um, thank you for that question. John, what's yours? So, I'm going to take you on a little history lesson, if I can. <clears throat> From June to late August... 2011 one wrestler named CM Punk pretty much changed the wrestling business as we know it today it was deemed afterwards as the summer of punk started with the pipe bomb started with the pipe bomb promo started the whole um it's i feel it kind of started or maybe didn't start but definitely solidified and extenuated the turning of the fans on John Cena. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Punk was reaching... Really was, his merch off. levels were at Cena's level. Yeah. But they didn't want you to know that. And, but alas, no uh, promotion, no pictures on the cups, no pictures on the program. Right. No, uh... No video stinger in the intro. But, uh, I mean, it started with the pipe bomb and ended with him leaving WWE with the WWE title. Yeah, that's the summer. But then, after that, when he right. came back, yeah. started the big time reign. Yeah, very much so. Uh, had great matches with a plethora of WWE superstars. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to say 2011 to like early 2012 is my favorite year of a wrestler. And that wrestler being one CM Punk. This was a Thank great you for question. that question. Great S question. Sierra is great. Uh, worth a Twitter follow if you're even remotely interested in New Japan and other pro wrestling promotions. Uh, check them out. Our boy Craig Damien on Instagram from Ireland, he's been following us for a long time. Yes. Uh, he said, who should win at Rebellion, Omega or Swan? Who would help Impact more? John, you can answer first. I mean, it's got to be Omega, right? As to who's going to help Impact? I mean, it's going to start... It, it, it has to start Omega's whole thing about collecting titles. Uh, he's cool. got the AAA title already. He's got the AEW title. It seems like the next logical step is the match that he has at Rebellion and winning the Impact World title. The newly unified Impact World title, might I add. Now, why would that help Impact more? I mean, because it's Kenny Omega. 
the people here that can't amaze the Impact World Champion, they're going to start watching Impact. Something that a very large portion of people are not doing now. Well, they are doing now because, because he's been involved. Yeah. Um, also, I saw this on the internet. And, and I'll throw a little bit of credit towards Finn Juice's way as well. I'll throw this uh, out there first before I answer. Uh, I saw this on the internet. Kenny Omega as AEW champion has headlined two pay-per-views. One of them ended up being Impact's second most bought pay-per-view in the post-Spike era. The other one is the most bought AEW pay-per-view yet and the highest grossing non-WWE wrestling pay-per-view since 1999. That's a draw, folks. That's a draw. Um, Impact numbers. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. (laughs) Impact weekly numbers have grown exponentially uh, with the callous Good Brothers uh, Kenny Omega stuff. Now... We're starting to see, like you said, Finn Juice there and such. Finn Juice is the Impact of the uh, Champions. Now, I could see why people should say Swan because he's the Impact guy. But here's the thing. you got to look at the big picture here. This storyline, okay, has helped open the Forbidden Door. This storyline... Aside from John Moxley in New Japan, this is the other thing. This this is what opened the door. These are the two hands that they had to use. Um, you were going to get a story for a year, or maybe more, depending on pandemic and how much money these companies make, you know. But Kenny Omega winning the Impact title, he's a draw. It's going to make people want to watch Impact more. It's going to make people want to watch Kenny Omega, wherever he is. Whether that's a AAA defense, whether that's AEW. And we're seeing New Japan wrestlers starting to show up, right? And we're seeing other wrestlers show up on New Japan Strong and all this other stuff. And private parties talking about ROH. We're going to get the Cleaner Collector and that is going to unify most, if not all, pro wrestling outside of WWE. Yep. Will it continue forever? No. Omega will lose those titles eventually. But this, Kenny Omega's shirts, when he right at the end of New Japan, said, change the world. This is what he was talking about. He wanted to change the wrestling world in multiple ways. And this is a major, major fucking way. So, Omega will win. He should win. And he will help Impact more than anyone who's ever come there post-Spike era. I'm in agreement. That was a good answer. Great question. Uh, another good person to follow on the Insta. Yes. What is next? Captain Shay Lloydson on Instagram. He's an 18-year-old guy. He wanted to know tips for becoming a pro wrestler. Since I dabbled a little, I'll tell you this. Wherever you are, you want to look up the most credible school 
okay? Um, that means you don't want to take a no-namer bullshit school. Right. You want somebody who has experience. Uh, most likely, the school will have a promotion, an indie promotion, alongside it. If they get a lot of traction and a lot of names to come to their uh, on their shows, that's another good indicator. If you don't have any of this around, you need to look for something as close as possible. Yeah. Um, before you get to that point, you want to make sure that you can squat a lot, body weight wise. You want to make sure your push-ups and your squats are on point. Um, you want to learn rolling, uh, like a ninja roll, a back roll, stuff like that. So you're a little ahead of the game whenever you get to uh, uh, your tryout. Because those are things you're going to have to do. Um, don't worry about the character. That'll come. I mean, if, if you're imaginative and you're creative and you have all these ideas, that's great. Do it. But what you want to focus on when you get into one of these schools is the fundamentals. You need the, you need the fundamentals in your head as much as possible. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, you got to go to a reputable school as close as possible. And before you get there, you have to make sure your nutrition is decent uh and your push-ups and your squats not weighted you don't have to do weighted squats just just do hindu squats if you don't know what hindu squats are look it up i'm sure it's on youtube wherever you want to learn those rolls because then whenever you get that tryout you're pretty much a shoe in um yeah, I don't really have any tips for becoming a wrestler because I've never looked into it, but uh, I can definitely answer the second question. Is it easier to be a heel or a face? I have to imagine it's exponentially easier to get people to hate you than to get them to, to love you. Absolutely. Um, um, I mean... Every podcast we've listened to, every interview yeah. we've listened to. And a lot of people would bitch about getting cheap heat, but on the indies, it doesn't really matter so much. When and especially when you're first starting out, getting cheap heat is fine, as far as I'm concerned. When you're trying to start out, yeah. Also, a heel can do anything. They can do anything they want. They're not limited. They could do if they wanted to pull I out mean, this something... move. They could do blah blah blah. Yeah. Faces have a very set uh, character. A very set uh, what they're allowed to do <clears throat> or supposed to do in the ring being a heel uh, you know you're more it, it, it allows you to be more creative with yourself and yeah. be um, just able to do more and have fun with it you can't fuck it up yeah but being a face you can fuck up easily you know um, and, I mean, and like, and like instances where, yeah, um, you know, you you got a submission on somebody, you can't go to that four or five count. Yeah, uh, you know, um, you can't, you, you can't do any can't little do dirty the, tactic yeah. at all. You can't, you, 
you have to stick to a certain guideline. And yeah. I mean, I mean, here's how easy it is to be a heel. Imagine, imagine he's a 12 year old, and I'm walking to the ring. I'm gonna go like this, and I'm gonna go like that. Heel. <laughs> and I instantly fucking hate him. Yeah. Because you're a 12 year old, and you hate anybody who makes you embarrassed now, if or he, slights you in any way. If he comes at me and he's like, "Hey, hi, how are you?" And I'm like, "Bam." I'm like, "Okay, why that should kid I loves care me. about yeah. him?" Right. You know, I might love him, but I also yeah. it just. It's but it's harder to get people to love you than hate you, like you said at but the beginning. If I go out there and I kick the shit out of the guy that did this move, <laughs> true, yeah, true. Um, our friend, oh yeah, great question. Our friend on Twitter, <clears throat> one called Baymax, said, "Since the Forbidden Door is open." Give us oh, a Dream open, 8 match pandemic card using AEW, New Japan, Impact, and he thrown in it, threw NXT in there, and I allowed him, even though the fantasy. Forbidden Door isn't yeah. in there, but it's his question, and it's fantasy. And, Baymax, I want to tell you this. Um, it was hard for me to limit it to eight matches for men and women, so I made a men's card and a woman's card. <clears throat> My men's card reads as such. <laughs> FTR versus Grizzled Young Veterans. Imagine if they could have locked horns in NXT. My God. What a technical... I mean, all the, all the stuffs. So good. We have the originator against the current leader. Finn Balor against Jay White. Ooh. Both amazing, amazing wrestlers. And I we've seen Jay versus Omega. I would love to see Jay versus Balor. Shingo Takagi versus Ilya Dragunov. Because I want all the lariats. I want all the strong style. I want blood. I want beaten chests. I want the violence. Give it to me now. I would have an ultimate X match featuring newly christened X Division champion Ace Austin, Ray Phoenix, Jungle Boy, Chris Bay, LP, and Isaiah Swerve Scott. I believe these men could do amazing things in this match. I would then have a dream match. And one of these teams are not a team right now, but they're still both active in NXT. DIY against the Young Bucks. Give it to me. No. <laughs> Speaking of chops and ble Chop bleeding chests. Chop them up. Minoru Suzuki versus Walter. The fact that this hasn't happened not big day. makes me sad. Going off of current things that Tama Tonga has been talking about. The Good Brothers against G.O.D. I would have a War Games slash Blood and Guts match between Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, Sammy Callahan, Moose, and Will Ospreay against Rich Swan, Okada, Ibushi, 
Moxley, and Kyle O'Reilly. Basically, your top heels and your top faces of those promotions going at it. My woman's card. Io Shirai, the genius of the sky, against the virtuosa Deanna Perrazzo. Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart against Jordan Grace and Jazz. Chris Statlander versus Tony Storm. Call it the battle of the asses, if you will. <laughs> Hikaru Shida against Kaylee Ray. Really long-running female champions. Rosemary vs. Abaddon. Make it as creepy as possible. Yeah. Now, John, they say the best chemistry in a wrestling match is when you have two very good or best friends. Yeah. We've seen this with John Moxley and Seth Rollins. We've seen this with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Maybe that is the pinnacle of what we're talking about. Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Now, I don't know if anyone knows, whoever knows this knows it, whatever. Diamante and Kira Hogan, I believe, are married. So, I would have Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan, Fire and Flava, against the women's tag team medal winners, Diamante and Ivelisse. Yeah. I would have student, hardcore student versus hardcore teacher, Candice LeRae versus Britt Baker. And rounding out my female uh, card, I would have Nyla Rose versus Raquel Gonzalez. So, how about you, John? So, I took this idea with AW, NJPW, Impact, and NXT and decided that what I would do is I would create a card of all Fatal 4-Way matches featuring one from each promotion uh, for the women's matches, they are all triple threat matches because New Japan does not have a women's roster. So, I'm starting it off heavy with some tag team turmoil, pinning Finjuice against the Young Bucks, against MSK, against the Decay, represented by Crazy Steve and Black Taurus. Fantastic. <clears throat> I've got uh, some cruiserweight chaos, I call it. <laughs> It's going to be all alliteration. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Taiji Ishimori versus Jungle Boy versus Johnny Gargano versus Ace Austin. For my knockdown dragout hoss fight match, I've got Shingo versus Lance Archer versus Karrion Cross versus Moose. Uh, I've got a Bullet Club Summit, you could call it, but like a fight. Jay White. Finn Balor, Kenny Omega, Carl Anderson. My women's matches, I've got Deonna Perrazzo versus Britt Baker versus Chauncey Blackheart. Uh, I've got Jordan Grace versus Nyla Rose versus Rico Gonzalez for a female hoss fight. And then I've got some technicality stuff with Tasha Steeles, Big Swole, and Zia Lee. My main event would be a Fatal 4-Way Lights Out match. Anything goes. Minoru Suzuki, John Moxley, Sammy Callahan, Tommaso Ciampa. That would be amazing. 100%. Uh, our cards are... Someone great. might actually die in my Fatal 4-Way main event. 
Champion Moxley, Jesus. <laughs> With weapons. Right. <laughs> so let's move on to where you want to go next. Wherever. Let's do this one. Alright. Fredericks the Breadsticks on Instagram. Awesome name. Asked us two questions. The first is if WWE went out of business, where would some certain wrestlers go? <clears throat> uh I could I could definitely see Bauer eventually wanting to go either back in Japan or on NXT or on uh or on AEW. Yeah. I mean, going back to Japan would probably be his choice. I think that he would, there would be a lot of money to be made with this Forbidden Door stuff. Yeah. Uh, he'd probably show up on AEW and New Japan. Right. Um, hmm. Let's see. Hmm. I think, hmm, who else? Who else do you want to th throw some names out there? Uh, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks would go to I'd love Stardom. To, I'd love, to, yeah, I was just going to say, I'd love to see Sasha Banks on Stardom. Uh, AJ Styles, back to Impact or back to New Japan? Or back to Ring of Honor? No, he's wrestled everywhere. If WWE oh, closed down, so there's only one place left. AEW. Yep. Uh, let's see. Although I could see AJ Styles if WWE closed down, just retiring. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa would probably jump around on the Indies and wind up at at, at Bloodsport. <laughs> yeah, that'd be rad. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, if you look at it like in a money perspective. Most likely AEW or New Japan. Yeah, um, for most of them. And with the climate right now, you could go any to most any promotion and be used in all of them. So there are some wrestlers that I cannot see anywhere else. Yeah, um, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman's WWE. Uh, I'd even say guys like the New Day. Hmm. Especially, I I can't I can't really see Big E anywhere else. I could see Xavier on on AEW because he's friends with Kenny. Well, I think they all have friends elsewhere. Yeah. Kofi Kingston's a WWE staple, though. Um, like Randy Orton, I can't see anywhere else. Although he's flirted with yes. things. Yes. Say, uh, Orton would retire. He'd say, ooh, what if, though? <laughs> Edge would show up in AEW. Oh, man. Get that tag team back together. Let's go, baby. Or feud. Edge and Oh. Um, you left me. <laughs> <laughs> you hugged me at Royal Rumble and then you left, you prick. Um, you Canadian prick. You're Canadian, too. Shut up. Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Drew McIntyre. I'd love to see him in Japan, but I could definitely see him going back to IW or ICW or maybe even showing up in RevPro. I would love to see Sheamus in New Japan. Yeah, dude. 
They want to know what to make of him. Oh yes, they would. No, I I, I mean the fans. Oh. They they'd be like, whoa. <laughs> He'd be the next big badass guy. Yeah. Um. Shit. Have him just run in and beat this hell out of Jay White. Give me Cesaro to AEW and put the title on him. <laughs> Thank you. Any day. Um, uh, the part two of this is intriguing to me. Okay. Frederick's second question was trade two tags and three singles from AEW to WWE. Yeah. A lot of people ask us who from WWE should go to AEW. This is the reverse of that. Yeah, it's kind of the same. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's both. Um. Oh, yeah, because it's trade. Uh, one person on the AEW roster that I could definitely see blending well with the WWE audience is MJF. Yep. Yeah. Um, I could see him in a ready-made, like, available on the shelf to purchase at the register feud with The Miz. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> going off that, <clears throat> my three singles would be from AEW to WWE. I'd say MJF. I'd say Wardlow. Yeah. I'd say my third person is uh, Chris Jericho. Hmm. <laughs> no, just I'm just playing. Um, I'd really like to see what they could do with John Moxley. <laughs> Ray Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah, get hit. Oh, they, they've been looking for the heir to Eddie and Ray. And you, you might as you might have squandered well. everything, and there's no way you can. I'm, I'm, well, maybe not. I'm, if they get Ray Phoenix, they may as well retire the the cruiserweight title because he's going to win it. Nobody's ever going to get it back. Right. <laughs> now, who am I trading for them? Yeah. And then we'll do the tags. Uh, I'll take Cesaro. Yeah. I'll take Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. And I'll take Adam Cole, baby. Ooh. Because that was a good answer. Adam Cole is sta is in NXT for this long because Triple H is so afraid of what Vince McMahon will do to him. Absolutely. Um. Adam Cole, if he had a little bit more weight and maybe a couple more inches, would already be the Universal Champion. But, alas, he is not, and he's still in NXT. He will probably remain in NXT for a while. Um, now, the two tags. See, that's... The two tags is rough. Because there's no tag teams in WWE? There are. There are. They just... Vince just doesn't care about tag team wrestling. Yeah. Um, so I'll go with, since they've never signed there and they've worked in almost every other company, Kaz and Daniels. And I will also go with... I like Kaz and Daniels. Yeah. I will also go with... Mm, mm, mm. Um, I mean, there's a lot of tag teams. There are a lot of tag teams. Maybe, uh, let's go for like a less obvious one. I would go with five and ten. Five and ten. Preston Vance has a little 
they would love him. Preston Vance. Preston Vance has a good shot with WWE if he were to go. Uh, five can do comedy, can do good actual wrestling. He'd be good on 205 yeah. Live and NXT. He'd be good on NXT. Uh, for them, I would take, I'd say, who do you think? The Usos? That's what I, That's where my mind went. My two tags that I would take from WWE to AEW would be, number one, Viking Raiders. Yeah. Because definitely. they've conquered everywhere they've went. And WWE doesn't give a shit about tag team wrestling, so put them in AEW. Uh, the other tag team, I could say the same for two other guys, but I think Kyle O'Reilly has a bright future in WWE, so I'm not going to say, say Red that. Dragon. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not going to say that <clears throat> based on how they're using Kyle. Um, Um, it's a rough one, dude. It's hard. Like just because I want to see them, just because I want to see them against Private Party, I'll say Street Profits. Street Profits. Yeah, that's a good shout out. I mean, I I I'd love to see. Montez Ford and Isaiah Cassidy interact. Yeah. <laughs> all that. All that. All that. Give me all that. Who are so, your two tags? Let's see. My two tags. You said Usos. I take the Usos and give Kaz and Daniels. Uh, let's see. I would take MSK and give, let's see. Who would clean up on NXT? I would take MSK and give Jurassic Express. Nice. Very nice. Because I think with as big as WWE is as a, at with as big on appealing to children as WWE is, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are shooing. Absolutely. And if you throw in Mark or Stunt, Kids, kids adore marker stuff. <clears throat> sure. So yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. Absolutely. That was a good topic. Uh, let's go here. Nick Setters on Twitter, good friend of ours. Blood Sports Six main event: Barnett or Moxley. Short, kept it short. Kept it sweet. Barnett or Moxley. Moxley. I'm gonna have to go with Moxley as well. Keep that undefeated streak going. And assert dominance by beating the namesake of Bloodsport, Josh Barnett. Yes. And hopefully it would lead to that weekend. Moxley comes off this big win beating Josh Barnett at Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. And Nick Gage beats Ricky Shane Page for the title. Course at spring break. Spring break. And then you have Moxley come out. And challenge Gage for the GSW title. And we GCW get, title. Yeah, GS, GCW title. And There's too many GWs. Shit would be crazy. Give it to me now. 
Yes, please. Nick Setters also asked you. Because it was definitely yeah, pretty much me. me. It's not for you. It's not for you at all. Because I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember them. Favorite Mega Man boss. I am a big fan. I'm looking at the list here because I. There's one that I'm thinking of that I know. I I know part of it, but not the whole thing. And I'm trying to see who I'm thinking of. I mean, Burst Man is great. My my favorite Mega Man is Mega Man X. So, because of that... Um, man, I can't think of what it is. It's the, like, Fire Elephant one. I think it's Flame something. Mega Man, <laughs> Flame... Is that what... Is that all it is? That is all it is. Flame Mammoth from Mega Man X. I love, Meg, I, I love Flame Mammoth. There you go. There you go. There you go, Nick. Thanks. <laughs> All Took right. me forever to... I thought that it had some crazy name. But no. What do we got here? All right. King Martin on Instagram. Gave you, us a, you, you really like WWE. Gave us a slew of WWE-related topics. Uh, I don't know if you watch any other thing other than WWE. And that's okay. That's thanks, fine. Th their own. thanks for listening to us. Yeah. Um, WWE Dream Matches. Bret Hart versus Kurt Angle in an Iron Man match. Yeah. Uh, Shawn Michaels versus AJ Styles. Uh, fucking. Those are two right off the top of my head. Um, Undertaker versus The Fiend. In a Firefly Funhouse match, uh, I'm I'm going to throw in Victoria versus Shotzi Blackheart. I'm going to say Lita versus Shotzi Blackheart. Lita versus Shotzi Blackheart, just as good. Uh, I'm going to go with Molly Holly versus Candice LeRae. Good one. Two technicals. Good one. Very good one. Um, hmm. WWE Hall of Famer, Molly Holly, by the way. Oh, you're grinning. You got a good one in there. Lights out match. Hulk Hogan versus Keith Lee. Oh, boy. I knew something was coming. Uh, That's hilarious. And I want to see it happen. Um, Daniel Bryan versus Chris Benoit. Yeah, yeah, as much as it hurts to say it. Daniel Bryan versus Eddie Guerrero. Let's Dan get, let's get Daniel Bryan you, versus Edge. You, you, uh, we might get that, that might Mania. Yeah. A triple threat. Um, Daniel Bryan versus Kurt Angle. Daniel Bryan and Cesaro versus anybody who was fucking technically good before them. Yeah, there you go. Um, Cesaro versus Mr. Perfect. Damn yeah. good match. Um, <coughs> the British Bulldogs versus the Usos. Yeah, that's a good one. The Hart Foundation... 
against the New Day. You're coming up with some good ones there, man. Um, mm, Let's do freaking Yokozuna versus Roman Reigns. Continue yeah. that, like, fighting the bloodline thing that he's doing. Yeah. <clears throat> Trish Stratus. Who was, who was Trish Stratus' last Ooh, match? Umaga versus Roman Reigns. Yeah. Trish Stratus' last match, I believe, was... I want to say was against Lita. She came back and... Didn't she wrestle Charlotte? Uh... <coughs> was that Trish? Hold on. Either way. Uh, All I know is in the match she broke her wrist or something. Luna Vachon versus Nikki Cross. She had her final match against Charlotte Flair at SummerSlam 2019. Yeah. So, um... It's a rematch. I guess. <laughs> I'd probably put her against Bailey. Yeah. Trish against um, Bailey. That's good. Lita versus Sasha. Um... Victoria versus Sasha. Um... That's enough. You have a lot of other questions. What championships to bring back to WWE? Uh, none. They have too many already. What championships would you bring back? I, Hardcore? I, I, European? Okay, I do agree with the none ideal, but I think a good promotional tactic for Cesaro would be for him himself to bring back the European title. But they have the UK title. No, like, just start walking around with it like how Moose walked around with the, the TNA world. Like right? the million-dollar yeah. belt. Yeah. yeah, good good idea, John. That's a good fucking idea. Just be like, you don't want to give me a title, so here's mine, the European title. Uh, carrying on the legacy of Rob Van Dam and other people. Uh, D-Lo Brown. Chris, like, uh, yeah. Christian, yeah. Shawn Michaels, <clears throat> etc. Possible WWE returns. Never say never when it comes to WWE returns. No never one believed never. that Ultimate Warrior would come back, but he did. Um, I gotta say, I think the first person we're going to see return that we haven't seen in recent years is going to be the great Kali. The expansion into India is something that they're really, really taking serious and crafting their time with. Yeah. There's no f doubt in my mind. <clears throat> Great Kali will show up. That's a good one. Uh, possible WWE returns. I mean, you never say never with The Rock. He, He's coming back. He's come back a few times for a few matches here and there. Mark Henry's been recently Mark talking Henry, about. Mark Henry, yeah. Um... I mean, I'm never ready to give up on Punk. There's a dream match. Mark Henry versus Keith Lee. Mark Henry versus Keith Lee. Uh, is it possible we could even see Dustin jump ship back to WWE at some point? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not even as like a coach or something? Maybe? No. I don't fucking know. He'll be coaching eh. in the Nightmare Factory. Yeah, that's yeah, that makes more sense. Never mind what I said. I'm a fucking retard. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> I don't want to say that word. Uh, do, 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 do. Should general managers return to WWE? No. No, I mean, we kind of already have Adam Pearce. 
in that role already. The only good general manager right now on WWE is William Regal, and that's because he's used sparingly. Yeah. When the general manager role was on Raw and SmackDown, it was a constant thing. The only time I it was, think, and I think the only time it was good was when it was Eric Bischoff on on Raw. And it wore out its welcome. There doesn't need to be an on-screen authority figure. Let things happen. Thank you. What WWE star will hold heavyweight gold in 2021? If I'm the booker, I'm saying Cesaro. But I'm a casual fan, so I'm going to say he's got no chance in hell. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, right now you got like Lashley, Sheamus, and Drew running around for the WWE title and Roman Reigns. Lashley has... is the WWE champion. Yes. Yeah, they're the three kind of like, yeah. Uh, that's like uh, the picture. So, uh, what WWE star will hold gold in twenty twenty one? Edge. I think Edge is gonna have another run. Um, maybe the Fiend. Maybe the Fiend. Um, Probably fucking Goldberg at some point. No. <laughs> yes. Goldberg's last match was the one he had. Yeah, he, he redeemed can, himself for the Undertaker screw-up. You can screw say up. that as much as you want. You can say it till the cows come home. You could tell whenever he hugged Drew. He was thanking him for letting him... God. Try to wipe the slate clean yep. after that horrendous we'll thing. We'll see what happens Taker. when they want to sell another video game, bud. <laughs> um, heavyweight gold, man. Miz? Maybe. Miss has another run in him. Uh, Randy has another run in him. You think they're going to give it to anybody younger? Anybody younger? Like newer? Who's young? Oh, maybe... Uh... Seemed like Keith Lee was kind of on that path. Yeah. And if they keep the title on Lashley, I could see a nice feud Keith Lee's there. a damn good match for him. Um, I'll tell you this. Uh, if Edge wins at WrestleMania... My mind will change on who could win, but if the title stays on Roman Reigns, they're not going to have Roman lose to anyone until they're going to pass the mantle. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a Brock Lesnar situation. They're not going... Roman is going to be dominant until there's someone that Vince, see, Vince and Triple H see as an heir and that could be Balor the original universal champion that could be Adam Cole if they decide to go that route um but yeah uh that was all of his questions yeah all right Let's... our good friend the nerdy Mark oh, yep, here we go. asks what old title design should they be bring back bring hello what old title, what old design? title design should be brought back to WWE. Number one, the winged eagle. Winged eagle, get, number one. Get rid of every title that has the fucking W on it, first of all. Please. Other than the UK title. It's the only one that looks good. Uh, I like... I actually liked the, the, the big oval-shaped intercontinental belt. I liked that better than what they have now. The old school one? Yeah. The Cody brought back. No, 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 no. The one that, like, Rob Van Dam had. 
the oh. the big oval one. Uh, I, I, like I, I like the other old school one. The one that Cody brought back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was fine. Yeah. I like uh, the, the, the white strap. They need to bring back an old U.S. title. Probably the one that Eddie Guerrero held. Yeah. Um... Because that was before the U.S. title got into, like, gimmicks with, like, Cena and shit and right. all that. Um, I mean, the one that they have now is way better than what they did have. It makes sense. All right. I, I'm very against the WWE titles because of the branding just right in your face. But it kind of makes sense with the WWE Universe and the Universal title. So I don't know if I would change that. Yeah. Uh, I love the big gold belt. Yeah, um, man, the the fucking Ric Flair Triple H belt, Batista yeah, belt, yeah, yeah, Edge belt, for a while. For a while, <laughs> yeah. like twelve times or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I actually really did like the look of the undisputed title that Jericho started, or when they when he first won, won the unified the undisputed title. And they made the new belt. I like that one. That's the one that like JBL held and Triple H held. It was like it had like I don't know how to describe it. It it was very ornate. Cool. Yeah, that one. Uh about it for me. Uh tag team championships. I wouldn't change I would yeah, the tag team championships. What they have now is better than the giant pennies that they had before. They just turned the pennies into nickels. They look better in silver than they did in bronze. Correct. Uh, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean, cuz. Actually, don't bring back an old title design for the tag belts. Just make something new and better. Yeah. You know what? Because <laughs> the old ones kind of suck. Do too. that in general. Yeah. Complete overhaul. Yeah. I mean, you got a beautiful title... In the North American uh, NXT belt and the NXT All the NXT UK. belts are good. Yeah. For the most part. I like them all. I actually... I, I did prefer the, the old Giant X NXT title. Well, they had to change <laughs> all the titles because... I know, I know, I know. I don't want to talk about it. It's been done no to fucking death. No one wants to talk about it. No, a lot of people do want to talk about it. And it's fucking cringy. <clears throat> All right. Next. <laughs> Brandon Montgomery. Who's that? <laughs> Our good friend Brandon Montgomery of the Talking Suplexes blog. I don't like the word blog. It has nothing to do with him or Talking Suplexes. I just hate the word. Because uh, it sounds like blah. Brandon Montgomery of the Talking Suplexes blog. Best commentator not named Jim Ross. Kevin Kelly. That's my answer. But And also, thoughts on if Triple H is as, is as good at scouting talent as people say. Or no, or if there's any truth to people saying he's not good at scouting talent. And how he compares to John Laurinaitis. For me to answer that, I'd have to have a list of everyone John Laurinaitis got and everyone Triple H got. Tried to look this up. Everything said that John Laurinaitis took over his executive position 
after Jim Ross stepped down and cruised on the back on the work of Jim Ross. So I'm going to say Triple H. Uh, best commentator not named Jim Ross. If we're talking all time and an individual. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, you, you gotta give props to Bobby Heenan. No, I was going to say as a duo, Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon were fucking fantastic. Yeah. But Bobby Heenan needs somebody to bounce off of. Uh, but I never got to experience it myself, but... History tells me that Gordon Sully is a good answer for this question. Yeah, same. Same with me. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Yoshitatsu. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. He took time out of his day to ask us a good question. And you came at him with Yoshitatsu. Yes. No. <laughs> I would say the first guys that I would think about standing alone, not bouncing things off of people. Joe Styles? He's overrated. I I disagree, but I will succeed. I think Tony Schiavone is doing the best work of his career in AEW. Yeah, that's true. Kevin Kelly is also fantastic. I think Excalibur is great. Uh, Excalibur is Um, fantastic. Um, Whoever's doing doing English on Noah... Yeah. It's great. I don't know their um, names, but they're both fantastic. Fuck my t- I was talking and I don't remember where I was gonna go, but it was a good one. I threw you off with Joey Styles. Do you remember before that? Solo X. Yeah. Um I'll say this, uh Beth Phoenix is pretty fucking good. She really is. Yeah, that's one I didn't even think of. Wade She's Barrett's really good. good. Wade Barrett's good. Oh, you have to give this man credit, whether you like him or not. Michael Cole? Absolutely. Yep. I'm, I'm going to bring up his work with the UK tournament, the first one that they had. The Beast When the he beast. was by his damn self. Yeah. When they allow him to be that actual commentator, he can do it. He could do anything. The reason he... he he took over at JR's position is because he literally can do everything and anything that Vince wants. Yeah. Uh, and apparently behind the stage, behind the screen, I don't he know helps what. everyone. I'll tell you what, I don't understand how he's not a Hall of Famer by now. I really don't. I'm going to say this, though. Best commentator not named Jim Ross, Mara Ronaldo. Yeah. That's a good shout out. I'm I'm I, I'm gonna stick with Kevin Kelly as my official answer, but Marvin Ola is also a great answer. Yeah. That's a that's a great question. And Brandon Montgomery's a good fucking dude. Check out the Talking Suplex's blog. I'm gonna link it in the damn bio. Or description, not bio. Check it out. Sun Sigil on Instagram wanted us to talk about a couple of subjects. Oh, uh shit. One was DIY's explosion in their takeover matches and and that. Now, when DIY exploded onto the NXT scene, they did have matches as a tag team prior yeah. to being signed and prior to the Cruiserweight Classic. The Cruiserweight Classic brought them into NXT. But you have to think about this. 
that time period was the pinnacle of tag team wrestling in NXT. You had Authors of Pain, The Revival, uh, or whatever the fuck that... Is that what they're called? Revival, yeah. Yeah. The Revival. The Revival. I was trying to remember their old name. And apparently I got it. Yeah. American Alpha. Yeah, dude. I mean, this shit was awesome. And they were always underdogs. They were somehow always getting screwed out. But TakeOver Toronto uh, was a two out of three match. Two out of three falls match against the Revival. And they won. And that was an amazing match. And if you've never seen it, whoever's watching this, go and watch that match. So good. Yeah. Great stuff. He also wanted us to talk about the Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio <clears throat> feud whenever it was the custody of Dominic. Uh, this feud, I believe, really solidified Rey Mysterio as a top baby face. Very much so. Um, because Eddie's heel work was fantastic. I'd say second to none. Second to none. Um, and thinking about that storyline... And thinking about what has happened since. And seeing Dominic on Raw and SmackDown. It's pretty great. It's just pretty cool. Incredible. Um, I did not watch this in real time. I did. Uh, I did. So, yes. John, talk a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, man. I, I was a big I was big into the E during the Ruthless Aggression era when this took place. Um. I remember the culmination, most of all, uh, was the ladder match that had the custody papers hanging above the ring. And it gave us the incredible, um, <laughs> the incredible outtake of the where the fuck was Vicky thing. If you've ever, if, if you've ever heard that, that's where it was from. In the ladder match. Yeah, yeah. in the ladder match. Where the fuck was Vicky? Uh, <laughs> um, uh... I remember the the freaking WWE shop website crashing several times due only to sales of the I'm Your Poppy t-shirt. Uh, everybody that I knew that watched wrestling had that shirt. Yeah. But yeah, man. Like you said, it solidified Ray as the quintessential babyface. It solidified Eddie as one of the best damn heels to ever exist. Best damn wrestlers. Best damn wrestlers to ever exist. Both of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. So going That was definitely one of the highlights of the Ruthless Aggression era. So going from two of the greatest Latino wrestlers, we're going to go to a question about another Latino wrestler. Zachary Lind on Instagram asks us to talk about Andrade's wanting to get out of the WWE. Uh, uh, I am going to quote Bleacher Report for this. Yeah. Um, this is written by Mike Chiari on March 13th, 2021. WWE has reportedly turned down a request to release former NXT and United States champion Andrade. According to F4W Online, Andrade reportedly asked for his release but WWE has denied the request at this time. 
WrestlingInc.com first reported Friday that Andrade asked for his release Monday at Raw, and Alex McCarthy of TalkSport later confirmed the report. Andrade has not been seen on WWE programming since losing a match to Angel Garza on the October 12, 2020 edition of Raw. The 31-year-old native of Mexico signed a developmental deal with WWE in 2015 and made his in-ring debut for NXT in 2016. After a lackluster run as a babyface under the name Andrade Cien Almas, Andrade aligned himself with Zelina Vega and turned heel. He then reached new heights, beating Drew McIntyre for the NXT Championship and holding it for 140 days. Andrade and Vega got called up to the main roster in 2017 and established themselves as a key mid mid card act. I can't believe that was 2017. Most notably, they Seems engaged so in a long running rivalry with Rey Mysterio that resulted in several high quality matches on both SmackDown and Raw. El Idolo won the United States Championship hey, during that Idolo. feud and went on to hold it for 150 days before dropping it to Apollo Crews. Vega was released in November during Andrade's absence <sighs> from television meaning he will be without an important part of his act if and when he returns to action for WWE. One way to potentially freshen things up would be to pair him with his real-life fiance Charlotte Flair. Charlotte told Scott Fishman of TV Insider earlier this month that she has pitched an idea for a storyline with Andrade to WWE's higher-ups. While Andrade is still working on his English-speaking skills, he is already a masterful performer in the ring, which suggests... He should have value to WWE with or without a mouthpiece. Perhaps that is why the company is reportedly reluctant to part ways with him. WWE does eventually decide to release Andrade, however. He will likely have every other major company fighting to sign him. AEW would be the most popular choice since it has emerged as the number two promotion behind WWE, but Andrade would essentially have his pick of the litter. Andrade is also very good friends. With the Ingobernable Rush. He has roots in New Japan. Yeah. When he was in La CML Sombra. as La Sombra. And he was in Los Ingobernables. Um, I think this. And I'll say They're this. Gonna let him go. I'm going to say this. And it's going to apply to Aleister Black as well. Yeah. You have two top <clears throat> talent. You're not doing anything with or sitting at home. These people are passionate about their craft. The people who are watching are passionate about watching them give us good wrestling, do the right thing, and release him. And if you don't release him, Take Charlotte's Figure idea. out what the hell you're doing. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, you're wasting. You're wasting WWE's favorite so thing to much do. potential. WWE's favorite thing to do is to let people sit the fuck at home when they ask for a re release. Or just sit the fuck at home. Or just sit the fuck at home. They'll sign. They'll tell their people not to expect raises and bonuses during the pandemic, but then hire 25 independent stars. Only so that they don't go to any other competition. Only so they don't go to any competition. And they'll do all this, and we'll see the same five people on Raw and SmackDown for the next decade. Uh, it's 
it's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. It's cringy. It's it's one of the reasons yeah. I don't like watching WWE. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Andrade should be granted his release, and if not, then they better fucking do something with him quick. And the same thing for Alistair Black. Why do you have these guys sending it home? Is your creative not creative enough? Maybe you shouldn't hire Hollywood writers. Idiots. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I want to f- finish on that one. Want to finish on that one? I want to finish on this one. Oh, no. Let's do this one now, then. All right. We actually got a topic from a source that would prefer to remain anonymous. Um, he shared an article with me about an independent wrestler who has been suspended from his home promotion uh, after performing a spot which was unrehearsed and unplanned where he set himself on fire and jumped into a crowd of wrestlers waiting on the floor. Uh, that's already a what the fuck moment, but the biggest what the fuck of it is that this was a show where obviously women and children were in attendance and this show had no barriers to protect the crowd and no floor mats even. Uh, I don't understand how this stops at getting suspended. You set yourself on fire, you should get fired. You should get fired. I'd say borderline should be arrested. <laughs> the entire promotion should shut down, if you ask me. That's no barriers that's fair. formats. Yeah. You're having you're you're letting unplanned shit go on and just letting a suspension happen. Although it and it is fully possible that this guy just went into business for himself and then he shouldn't be working. He shouldn't be working. You, but we're in a pandemic and you don't have barriers and floor mats? Yeah. The fuck is wrong with you? Exactly. You're you're a shitty promotion. Yep. I mean, that's really all there is to say about that, but I just wanted to throw that in there because that I couldn't not talk about that story. Right. That was insane to me when I found out about it. My friend, uh, he is a rapper from Michigan. His name is The Donny Boy on SoundCloud. The Donny Boy. He said, is Ric Flair really that good? Is the nostalgia better than the character? Let me now, go he to said, the second part. He said that like the look, the name, and the mannerisms and everything was stolen. But if... Not knowing anything, I was always under the impression that it was like a torch that was handed down. I believe that from was so. Buddy, 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 Rogers. buddy, 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 buddy Rogers. I believe that's true. Um, and Ric Flair took it and ran with it and made it a huge thing. Uh, is Ric Flair really that good? On the mic, yes. At selling, yes. At being able to go sixty minutes, yes. At putting on the same match every night of his entire seventy-year career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is he the best of all time? No. Not to me. Is he one of them? I'd say he's yeah. one of them. And he's definitely one of the biggest draws of all time. And one of the best characters of all time. 
but wrestlers, no. maybe not. Uh, as far as the nostalgia being better than the character... The character is the nostalgia. The character is the nostalgia. You could say that about anybody. You could say that about Macho Man. You could say that about the Warrior. Uh, you can damn sure say it about Hulk Hogan now. Uh, <laughs> the nostalgia and character is clearly better than the human being in that scenario. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, you still go on YouTube and... You type in Ric Flair promo, there's millions of results, all with probably millions of views each. And he's had great matches. I'm not saying he, he wasn't yeah. a great wrestler, but... I mean, the retirement match against Shawn Michaels is one of the greatest moments in WWE history. The trilogy with Rick, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. His feud with Dusty. Uh, his match against Kerry Von Erich. Uh, yeah. I mean... Not, not to mention WCW, with the War Games and the uh, uh, the Horsemen. Yep, the Horsemen. Tell me sir. But I mean, like, uh, it depends on what you're you're talking about. If you're talking about, like, is he the greatest character of all time? Probably He's one of them. Yeah, is he the best technical wrestler of all time? Probably yeah. no. Uh, you know. The the question was still a little ambiguous, so yeah. that's why you're getting a lot of different answers from me right now. Let's go with our question that we got from the Oracle, which is the name given to my mother by Mr. Tim Farley. Uh, she asks, current AEW star pushes that we agree or disagree with? I'm going to let you start. I agree with the Pinnacle. I agree with the Pinnacle. Um... It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird question because there are pushes that, there are pushes I agree with, but not the direction of the push. Uh, case in point, Miro. Miro, with what happened, with, with hopefully this arcade death match, whatever they're calling it, will be the end of this thing with the best friends. And hopefully very soon the end of the partnership with Kip Sabian. But the push, I agree with. I just want to change the push. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, he should adopt after what happened on Twitter with him and Cornette. Yeah. He could adopt a whole new gimmick. And he's already... I mean, that was like a default face turn. Yeah. <laughs> For Miro. Um, I'll say one Is there that anybody I, that you disagree with? I don't know if I necessarily disagree with the push, but I disagree with what happened. I said when we watched the main event, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa and the lights out. Yeah. The winner of this match should be next in line for Hikaru Shida. And it should have been Britt Baker. It should have been Britt Baker. Britt Baker has been the entire charisma of the AEW women's division since it started. She is she was the first woman announced on the roster 
she was at the big thing in Jacksonville with Jericho and the Bucks and all of them. She she has she has been amazing since going to AEW. Yeah, she has improved so much. She is she is constantly a character I want to see, and now she's doing. This is not the first match she's gotten hardcore in, but that match was fucking amazing. And shout out to Thunder Rosa too. I love Thunder Rosa, but Britt Baker needs to be the one to dethrone Sheeta. Yeah. And that maybe that still happens. Maybe Rosa gets her chance and loses, and Britt Baker gets her chance and wins and shoves it in Rosa's face, and we get that feud for the title. There you go. But I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with. I I don't disagree with pushing Rosa. I I disagree with not pushing Britt. Right. But I'm trying to think of other things in AEW. Um. I I really want to see more of Angelico, and Jack Evans. Yeah. Especially Angelico because he's younger than Jack Evans. Um. I'm really digging the Pentagon push. Ooh, yeah. And that, like, kind of just started. Yeah. It's it, it's exciting. I'm um, really digging what's... Lance Archer is in a good place right now. Uh, the shit with Eddie Kingston and John Moxley is fantastic. Give me it all the time. Inject it into my veins. You want the podcast. You you want the the Buddy Road Trip movie. You want it all. Yes, absolutely. Make a t-shirt. Please let this... They could go to Cincinnati. Go to Cincinnati. They could go to New York. They could go to Vegas. Shit, man. Eddie and Mox take America. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Tommy Top Shelf on Twitter... Tommy Top Shelf. ...asked us our favorite shows we've seen live. And uh, I was grounded... For the King of the Ring, where mankind got thrown off the fucking cell. Damn. Or I would have been there. But my favorite show I've seen live uh, is probably SummerSlam 96. It was headlined by Mabel and Nash, but we had had a young Kane as Isaac Yankum DDS against Bret Hart. (laughs) Damn, you saw Isaac Yankum? I did. Wow. Lot. Yes. That's crazy. On this, you know, sh- on this show. It feels like that was so much longer ago than you're alive. <laughs> Ladder match. Razor Ramon. Shawn Michaels. It's awesome. You saw that? Yeah. That's awesome. I've been to a bunch of Raws and Smackdowns and yeah, house shows. That's the I, thing, man. I can't really there say was anything. There was a show. The last wrestling show that happened in the Igloo. If you don't know what the Igloo is, that's, uh... It was the Mellon Arena, then the Civic Arena. The Civic Arena. Yeah. Um, no, it was the Civic Arena, then the Mellon Arena. It was during... But it was always called the Igloo. It was during Edge and Randy Orton's feud and NXT Season 1 guys were there, like Daniel Bryan and Wade Barrett and stuff. Oh, cool. And Edge was fucking awesome. Like, just seeing his entrance live and... Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it was so good. I got to see Kane's entrance live. I got to see Jericho's entrance live. Uh, 
I got to live out a dream of witnessing an Undertaker entrance live once. Oh. Yeah. So did I. <laughs> Creeped me up. <laughs> I was um, little. I was very little. I can't say that I've been... I haven't really been to a lot of live shows. I've, I've, I've been to a bunch of indie shows, a couple Raws, a couple Smackdowns, but I did... I've gone to two pay-per-views. I went to... Uh, Extreme Rules 2017 or 2018. I think it was 2017. And no, it was, I think it was 2018. Now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, which everyone was in, which everyone was in Pittsburgh. Google it. <laughs> and I went to Armageddon in 2007. Those are the two pay-per-views I've been to. And I was at the third ever AEW Dynamite. That was an awesome show to go to. Because that was where... I loved going to that live show because that is the first time I've ever been part of the mass exodus into the concourse when a brawl takes place. Oh, yeah. I actually got to go out and be part of that. Um, Inner with, Circle versus who? Inner Circle versus Cody. Yes. And I think Dustin got involved and probably QT Marshall. But it was it it was uh, it it was the moment where they broke the damn Dippin' Dots, as Jr. said. Right, and then it happened again on another show, and I was like, "That was us. We started that. <laughs> we started the Dippin' Dots gimmick." Uh, I mean, yeah, getting to see going to AW Live was awesome. Tell you what, the worst show I ever went to was. Yeah, I can't. I really went think, to. S- I can't think of any that were like god awful. Me and one of my best friends, Drake, and another friend, decided to go see. TNA Impact Wrestling at a baseball stadium instead of going to Mayhem Fest, which was the last like tour Motorhead did before Lemmy died. Slipknot was also on the show. Bro, why? Now why did you do that? Because at the time Well you did at the time you didn't know Lemmy was gonna die. (laughs) At the time (laughs) shitty ass Austin Aries wasn't so shitty yet. (laughs) Um, Bobby Roode and him were having a good feud. Jeff Hardy was there. You know, like, I was into, we were into it. Yeah. But my God. I went uh, to a TNA show. It was, it was absolutely, the only good thing about the show was I got to meet Earl Hebner randomly. That's cool. He was standing around and I just went up to him and I was like, Earl Hebner. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I was like, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? He was like, Stone Cold. Hell like, yeah. Like it just rolled off his mouth. Bam. He was like, <laughs> I made the most money with Stone Cold. Did the best stuff with Stone Cold. Stone Cold. And I was like, thanks, <laughs> Earl. And I walked away. But then, like, um, there was just so many, like, weird and shitty fans. Uh, just, like, drunken and, like, way too drunk. Well, like WWE people. Just no, these people were just like straight up, just, like just drunks out the fucking backwoods. You know what I'm saying? And and, and I know exactly what you're saying. Oh, dude, and rural Pennsylvania people. Yeah, yeah. And and like, it was just like the entire experience was just kind of shitty because it was hard finding the place. It was hard getting out of the place. Uh, we got lost for a while, which was not great. But I uh, feel like that has nothing to do with the TNA. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm just saying. No, I mean, the show was lackluster. 
Very lackluster. Yeah, but you mentioned that you got lost. Like, that's not really... Let's <laughs> talk about the entire experience. Like, the, the entire experience was, was, was shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, we did get to take our picture with Austin Aries, which was cool at the time. In but, hindsight. <laughs> but now I'm just kind of like, Damn, this guy fuck. is a prick. But, uh... Yeah, I went to I I went to one TNA show b- before Impact was even a thing. Was it Ross Driver Ice TNA. Garden? What's that? Was that at the Ross Driver Ice Garden? Because that's where they always went. I don't know what that is. It was in a venue that we had to go in and go upstairs. Might have been. It, 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 it was like a club or something. But uh, I met I I met a lot of people that I actually met Sienna, who is now Allison K. Uh, I met Abyss. I met Kurt Angle. I met Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Abyss was the one guy that I was like, I gotta meet Abyss. I gotta meet Abyss. I gotta meet Abyss. That was my guy. Because at that time, I was small. And Abyss was like... Yeah. I I was like, don't judge me, but I was a kid. I was like, he's new Kane. He's new Kane. Like, that's what, that's what everybody thought. Yeah. He's a mixture of Kane and, and mankind. And, right. And I don't know if you know this, I loved John. Abyss. But they tried to sign him. Back in the day. Who, WWE did? Yeah. To either be an Undertaker opponent for Mania or Kane opponent for Okay. Mania. That makes sense. Yeah. But he said no. Yeah. Well, I think he probably made the right move. He made a lot of money with TNA. Yeah. And now he is and working with And now he is WWE. working with WWE. Is, is he a writer or a Agent scout? Or, yeah, I don't know. He does something like that. Yeah. All right. Uh... G- well, Global yeah. Syndicate. Re- I've been to a few good shows. Yeah, Global Syndicate Wrestling on Twitter asked favorite us match from Inception. what our favorite match from Inception was. Their first show, which you can still see on Fight TV. Yeah, man, Fight TV. Uh, just because of how I feel about Austin Aries, I cannot. I'm not going to say Aries and Hammerstone. Hilarious. I will say Diona Perrazzo and Trisha Dora. I'm I'm a huge Deanna fan, and I think uh, and Trisha Dora has stormed onto the scene, and she's very good. Uh, the great match, uh, but my favorite moment of the show was Here's our a... boy Jacob Fatu showing up and wrecking shit. Uh, if you don't, if you haven't heard of GSW, it's a new independent promotion. Um, they'll be running uh, four pay per views a year. Uh, they're also doing a um, women's tournament to crown the women's title. Um, Is it their next show? Yeah, GCW Catalyst. But yeah, uh, GSW. <laughs> GSW. Jesus, fuck. It's, they're the same name. Chris Dickinson. Chris Dickinson showed up, which I was very happy about. Yeah. He's, like, going to challenge Hammerstone, so I'm excited for yes, that. And I, by, by, by the way, my answer, I am going to say... That's all. There's no. There's no information. Um, then let me look something up. Cause I, I had it on to, cage match. I wanted to say some stuff about the about the women's tournament. I don't know anything about that yet. Well, I know. But uh, I also like to see Masha Slamovich, and I'm glad that she's going to be on Bloodsport too. Yeah. I, I never had heard of her, and I was. And glad to see her. I am going to say my favorite match was Hammerstone versus Aries because Aries lost. <laughs> right. And I fucking love Alex Hammerstone. I 
I have for a long time. Me too. And then every time we talk to Fatu and he tells us more stories about him, it just makes me love him more. Definitely. Um, let me get some information here. But yeah, their next uh, their next pay per view is GSW Catalyst. It's on May twenty second. Mark your yes. calendars, folks. Uh, the inaugural Global Cup to crown the first ever GSW Women's World Champion begins with four huge first round matchups at GSW Catalyst on May twenty second. We have Kimberly versus Trisha Dora. Hell yeah, Hian or Hian. Uh, she was on the first show. She's also been an AAW stalwart against Sienna, Deanna Perrazzo against Jordan Blade, and Holly Dead against Vicious Vicky. Holly Dead, huh? There's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. So, I mean, G- GSW's next show, which is in May, called Catalyst, looked, is shaping up to be a good show. The last question Our for last- fans question bring the questions kevin the wrestling fan on instagram asks instagram who should omega lose the aw title to and we've been saying things about this for months but hangman page or kota ibushi yep yep i say he gets the impact i want you to do your whole little thing i want to give i want you to give your spiel yep because it's great he gets the Impact title. Um, he's holding all these belts. Uh, he might even get the Noah belt off of Muda. Because Muda talked Ooh. about they were in conversations with Impact. That'd be he's, he's, also, he's also got uh, that guy from Dragon Gate to look at. The guy that challenged him that he said he'd show up when he could. No, DDT. DDT. Tetsuya DDT. Yeah. But... Endo lost the title to Akiyama, but they could they could change that uh, he quickly. Could still do it. <laughs> yeah, um, you're going to have Omega uh, basically bridging all of these places for a year, and the last Infinity Stone that he's going to need is the title that Kota Ibushi, his Golden Lover, made out of the IWGP his Heavyweight best Title friend. and the Intercontinental Title as the IWGP World Heavyweight title. And next year at Wrestle Kingdom, Kota Ibushi is going to crush Omega's dreams and his psyche. And from there, at Revolution, Revolution, he will lose the AEW title to Hangman Adam Page. And then, at Rebellion, or Hard to Kill, he will lose the Impact title to Moose. Uh, Moose. And from there on, whatever happens, happens. But that's that's what I'm saying. It's it's got to be Hangman or Coda. Yeah. I mean, seeing Coda with the IWGP and AEW title would be fucking bonkers. Yeah, but <laughs> but it makes too much sense to not put on Hangman and, exactly and, and and crown Hangman as a top top guy that we all know him to be now john yeah i got a question for you oh this touching it up on me it's a big topic it is a big topic and i i know how much both of us cared what do you think about kylie ray coming back to warrior wrestling i think 
I got I actually got emotional when I saw the announcement. Me too. Because it is such it's such a victory for her. It's such a mental victory for her. And it's such an emotional victory for her already. Uh, it doesn't matter if she wins or loses this fucking match. One hundred. It it's just the fact that she's going to continue doing what she loves to do. Yes. Is so great. Yes. And I, I feel the same way. Uh Scott Diamour has said that she can come back to Impact whenever she wants. Uh, apparently her contract isn't up yet, but even if it was, I don't think there'd be an issue there. Um, I don't know exactly why she stopped, but it seemed to either be overexposure from television because she stopped with AEW and she stopped with Impact, or it was social media. So, with Kylie coming back, I would say do what's best for you. Keep your mental health or whatever, number one. But thank God you did not give up on yourself. Yeah. Because we love you. We love you. And with that... Hold on. <laughs> There's one thing that we didn't get to. So, while the outro music plays... And while we go off the air, I want you to tell me how good Shingo T Takagi is. Shingo fucking Takagi, okay, ever since he started wrestling, has been a top guy. The guy has swag. He's ripping, motherfucker. If you look at him in Dragon Gate, he's always had a hairstyle on point. He's always had the singles. He was tough, strong. He was the Dragon Gate guy you did not want to fuck with. Now, he's in New Japan, and he's got the fucking huge Akuma balls on his neck. He's got the robe. He's got the fucking Rampage Dragon mask. He can lariat you out of a fucking stadium. He could fucking put you on his shoulders and throw you down on your neck. He could fucking fly over the ropes. He could shit talk with the best of them. He's... You don't believe me. Go watch Dragon Gate USA, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, and Shingo Takagi. You're not sold on Shingo Takagi from that match. You're an idiot. You're uh, a lost cause. You're a lost cause. This man's New Japan Cup run right now is unrivaled. <laughs> he is the man of March. Uh... What can I say? He's been the leader of factions, and he's been in amazing factions. And right now, he's in the top faction of Japan. Hell so, yes. So, and and he's kind of, he's at, he's almost at Naito's level. He's, he beat Okada. He beat Okada. Wherever you are in the world, whether it's morning, noon, or night, you have a great one. And peace and love to all of you. Bang! Bang!